listening to Wanye's World, a new podcast on the Nation Network, presented by Oodle Noodle. Shit. Rick? It's high tech, man. We've won five in a row. We don't have to. We can mail this shit in. We can just put this shit on autopilot, and it's basically going to sell itself. Probably I'm always on autopilot. Are you smiling? Are you feeling? Last week, I'm you feeling were feeling great. Well, you should be feeling better. It's been oh, a week this, of fucking wins, like I, said, like I said out there, I feel justified in my feeling good about the team this time last Thursday. I think we've only played one, one, game. one game since that, or two last night for whatever. But you played two games in there. Um, things are correcting themselves. The things that weren't happening in the beginning of the year weren't happening because players weren't good enough or players were bad. They were just not happening. And there were a lot of little reasons why, but those seem to be figuring themselves out right now. And you see a guy like Clowder pop too. You see Folo score his breakaway smash in through the pads. Score any way you can, man. This blue collar. Like it's it's this is the team that I expected to see coming into the season. So if I and I know you know you can't do this, and I'm not even really doing this, but I'll be curious to kind of look back and go from Seattle in Seattle, take that game, whatever game number that is, mm-hmm. take it to the end of the year, create that standings there. I firmly believe we will be first place in the division, most likely the conference and most likely the league. Now I get it. That's you really can't do that. It doesn't really fucking do anything. So it's a consolation prize, but that's where we'll be. And I still see this team pushing for the division, even with the start we had. I said that last week on O and R and Tyler gave me a, Funny look. Wow, so he's got Liam. that lazy eye, right? So he's Liam. looking weird at everybody all the time. <laughs> Doctors try to help, but they won't wear the glasses. <laughs> I feel like the the things that were going wrong with the Oilers were hard to define earlier, right? And I don't know that necessarily Coach Woodcroft getting greased was the solution, but they just look more like last year's team. Yeah, but Except I think, Leon. and I think there, I think our defensive side of things have actually taken a step forward. And I mean, not every coach is perfect, right? So, um, what Woody brought was fantastic, and yeah. and I don't think we had to do what we did. I don't think so at all. However, the PK numbers aren't lying. Yep. The defense's own structure is not lying. Some of the back checking, some of the forechecking, some of the checking in the neutral zone is not lying we have taken a step forward and this is not a shot at uh, Woody at all or Dave Manson. Nope. But we are where we are and it's undeniable and not to pile on and not to take shots at Woody or uh, Dave Manson, but what Paul coffee has done and what Mark Stewart has done as well. He was a part of the, the last regime as well, but has been, obviously better like you you see the set plays off face-offs and look at what happened with matthias Eckholm's goal that's a defenseman jumping down below the uh, uh face-off dots and it's a set play off that that face-off it's the defender going down someone comes back and covers them and it's a goal um you, you, you could even go back to i believe it was the seattle game in overtime when they won it, Drysidle takes out Pierre Edward Belmar and then somebody else too in overtime and set play off the face off. You win that game as well. There's 
a lot of very good and positive things that we're seeing from the Oilers, specifically defensively. Like guys like Matthias Ekholm has come out here and said, Paul Coffey allows us to be more creative as a defender. We're allowed to jump up in the play. And you see guys like Cody Cece, Matthias Ekholm, Evan Bouchard is always going to be that guy, but he's jumping up into the play as well. Vinny had a great pinch down in the, the uh, offensive zone as well. These are all guys who are coming out and, and feeling confident in the game that they're playing. And I think a lot of that has to do with coffee. A big old ring. <laughs> yeah. I love that he's got that out there. I love it. Like it's not it's not godly. It's not showy, but it's there. I'm, I, too, oh, I'm a cup champion, and I understand it takes one to know why. When I saw it, I said, that's a man's ring. I have a woman's one. I knew exactly what I was looking at when I saw him rolling with it. I thought it was a great game last night. I also think it's really interesting, the, the case study of Zach Hyman. Because when people sign seven-year deals, it never works. Very rarely. You do not see those people in year three of the deal on an unprecedented scoring pace. Like, to never have a hat trick at all in Toronto. Yeah. I think he's had three, three. in order and three. two in the last 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, listen, it's, it's, he's a show. What a good signing. Is that the best? Yeah. People said it was going to be all time. I'm trying to think. Well, probably longevity, longevity wise, probably without, you know, doing too much heavy lifting, looking into it. Yeah. But yeah, Pronger was a trade. Pronger was a trade. Yeah. But Pekka was a signing. Yes. Yes. Pekka was a signing. The, (laughs) the best part is, is that, Zach Hyman right now, as we're recording this podcast, has more points than Austin Matthews this year. One goal less, two assists more, has 26 points <laughs> and 25 for uh, Austin Matthews. And did it with a cold Connor and yeah. a cold Leon. Yeah. yeah. He was driving that offense for a while. And he's the leading scorer on the Oilers. Zach Hyman. This guy who people would say that that was the worst contract in history. And now... <laughs> When you have Connor, you have Leon, you have the Nuge, and then you also have Kane and you also have Hyman. Mm-hmm. I think they have a very like bottom six. They need some work, but their top six is <laughs> seeing bottom six. I think you're always going to need some work. That's why they're bottom six players, right? They're not consistent. They True. have great years. They have bad years. There's True. whatever in between. So you're going to try and find the best of the best. Um, but right now, I think having a guy like McLeod down there is fantastic. He's—I yeah. know people sit there and say two million. Well, I think two million dollars for what he does out there actually isn't that isn't that terrible. Um, you've got a guy like like Fogel who can eat minutes. He can move up and down in the roster. Yep, that's a little too expensive, but it's his last year. Um, he's pretty much a UFA rental is the way I see him this year. Right? There's most likely not sticking around at the end of this. <laughs> then you've got another guy in, in James Hamlin who's actually taking a step that I uh, I'm blown away by right now. I did not see this. No. They brought him up. I was like, okay, well, whatever. Here comes this guy again, just kind of filling a, filling a spot. But he's actually earned a spot on the ice. Right? He's out there taking a spot, and there's positive play when he's out there. It's funny you mentioned Hamblin. So I play ball hockey. I have a ball hockey game tonight. Game two, playoffs. No big deal. <laughs> um, but one of my... Where are you at in the series? Let's talk to hockey. What's going game, on? We're at game two. We won game one, five, one. Okay. Oh, yeah. Best of three or best of seven? Best of three. So we win this. We go to the final. Salted away. Oh, it is Boy. going to be nasty tonight. <laughs> the goalie doesn't like me. I stood in front of him, gave me a hack. I'm a defenseman. Whatever. Fuck. 
what, your own goalie hacked you? No, no. So we were on the power play. I, go, oh, I stand in front of the net. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I just missed Remember those days. Two you put the big week. defenseman in front of the net. Yeah. Paul yeah, Coffey was me coaching you. Yeah. 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 Chara is in front of the net now. Yeah. 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 Like that those was days. exactly the the thought. So we almost scored on that power play too, but I missed the net. Um, <laughs> but so one of the the he kind of runs the team. He's been in ball hockey for a long time, and James Hamblin was on his team for a little while. He coached James Hamblin. And everybody knew who Hamblin was growing up because he was kind of the the big local hockey kid that everybody knew. He was really good with SSAC. So when he came up to ball hockey, the other team would be coming up and being like, oh, Hamblin, how's it going? And so he was telling this story about how when he would come off the floor, he would go to the coach and just be like, so what did I do? Right. What did I do wrong? He was always learning, even though it was ball hockey. He, he loved the game. He loved getting to know how to be a better player, whether that's in ball hockey or ice hockey. And I think that attitude is exactly what we see why he's he's succeeding right now in the nhls because he's always coming back he's doing the right things and if he doesn't he's trying to figure out what he did wrong and 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 it just it's a trickle down thing it's something that you can't learn you're just you're born with it and he's succeeding and good on him because he's getting it's tough for a player like him i think to to play the style he's playing with the short amount of minutes because they're not used to that Mm -hmm. so they're used to getting you know if he was one of the best players in the city he's probably was one of the best players on his team the majority of his career mm-hmm. um you're used to getting you know 18 20 minutes you've got that much time to find your game find a goal do what you got to do now you're getting cut down to six yeah yeah and they're not pretty minutes either right there's you have to make the most of that six yeah minutes. and they're you're yeah and you're getting matched up against the other team's best line a lot of times yep. and you've got to you're digging your way out of the hole and i think they're doing a very good job at it mm-hmm a hundred percent. I wonder about Jack Campbell when everybody's talking about bringing him back up and leaving him down there. Like, is there precedent for putting a goalie like that in the A and just leaving him for a year and then bringing him back up and don't even, don't even fuck with him. Don't be like, you might come back. You might not just be like, dude, yeah. stay down there. Or if you condemn a guy to a long AHL stint, is he gone for good? But then how do you train him? That's my thing. How do you trade them? If bad contract or bad contract. Yeah, but you're trying to sell the other team that you're going to be paying $5 million either for a shit goaltender or a guy who's going to be sitting in the AHL. It's, yeah, but you're looking at a, at a team that's probably going to guy will go and, well, you know what? I'm Sean Burke. I've a goalie whisperer. Yeah. Send him my way. Let's get rid of this. You know, this lug on defense. And I'd rather have this goaltender than that guy. Let's make that trade or, you know, something along those lines, or, you know, maybe we'll take on that contract because for the next three years we're bottom barrel guys, but give us some extra draft picks for it. Yeah. There's always ways out of them. True. You could get him a bet. Three sixty five account. <laughs> Why not? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> get out of the league, stupid. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, unless it's going to be like a death sentence, I think you're better to not have a will he, won't he attitude the rest of the season. I think he'll, like, he's I think out. He'll, he's going to get one more opportunity and it's going to either work or not work. And he's either going to stay or then they're going to work on a trade. If and they, they bring are, him up and he gets scored on in his first shot, that career is over before the pipe hits the twine. Oh, yeah. I'm already on the phone. Like, it, there's, a, there's the one f- in the barrel. Yeah. Uh, uh, 100%. They're sitting on one. They had it, especially during the the last three goal, it's last three game uh, lost losing streak. Yeah. Um, they had they had it in the barrel. They're ready what does to that go. Mean? I don't understand. They've got a trade ready. They do. Oh, for sure. 
or they're, they're like, there's, they know what's out there. They know that there's offers out there. I guarantee you that. And if things get a little funky again, they'll be quick on it this time. Well, especially with that news with Broberg too, like Broberg's agent saying that he's, he's looking for a trade. Now you did like, there's been a lot See, a of failed first rounder. Uh, I don't think it's failed. Wow. An iffy first rounder can be traded for another iffy first rounder. Yeah. And then maybe you can Sean Burke whisper the guy back mm-hmm. under the and whatever. Campbell, on the other hand, is a bit yeah. of a different piece. Yeah. But that was uh, the 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 rumors swirling around Columbus right now, how often we're at their games. Oh, and then suddenly Adam Boquist and, and Elvis Merzlikens on are IR. on IR. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't and, want that injured and, ass players and Cole Sillinger too, which you talk about kind of transient first round picks. Honestly, I would either take Cole Sillinger or Kent Johnson. We're Cole just going to trade f- Jack Campbell for like the Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah. We're going to get back all these weirdos. They're like, oh, jeez, yeah. what's wrong with that guy? Well, he dropped an album and has never been the same since. And yeah. That guy got a weirdo ankle injury and that guy, we don't know what's wrong with him. He just stares up all the time. Oh, they're trading for a Cooper. Cooper Marody? Oh, yeah. Cooper Marody would be great. His yeah. hit single? <laughs> it was good. I listened to it. Did okay. you? Yeah, it's probably mm. the best song anyone's ever put out except for the Connor song mm. that he put out. He, Connor made what? an electronic. Did you ever hear this interview with Cam McDavid? No. Cam McDavid said that Connor one day took his lap, like took Cam's laptop and made a, a song. And Cam's like, I had it on my phone for years. It was no. great. And Connor, you saw this. Yeah. And Connor's like super embarrassed. He was talking about it. And the, whoever <laughs> interviewed him was like, well, where's that now? He's like, oh, I had it on my phone for years. It's gone. No. Give. Oh, my God. For the one Connor McDavid song. No, we have to like. We have to whole lives have been in like a cloud. It's out there somewhere. We yes. just need somebody. That's I tweeted saying. at Cam. I said, get this song. We will make it number one. We have the yeah. fucking numbers. And he liked it. So <laughs> we've done our part. No, 100%. We can. We can could get in touch with like Telus or whoever the hell that he yeah, probably runs. What's, what's Elon's number? He yeah. can't be that hard to get all yeah, of. Just get go back. Starlink will it. figure it out or something. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. There's no way we can we can follow the that photo up. of the McDavid family, um, including the grandparents of the Walk of Fame, was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> God, he hates that stuff. Yeah, yeah, but like you could just tell, like his grandparents are just like every reasonable expectation to be proud of somebody <laughs> has just been eclipsed and then eclipsed again. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, Cam's like. I have a business. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I did pretty well. I went to Western. Shut up. You can invent the fucking artificial heart. We won't care. Yeah. Stop yeah. talking, Connors, brother. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm older. Poor the Cam. other one, pipe down. Yeah. He's actually done well for himself, though, like in the Fantastic. Has he? But it don't matter. What does he do? Uh, he's like, he's, I think he's a financial guy. Like, I went to, oh. I've looked at his uh, LinkedIn page. It's real. <laughs> I think he went to like Western or something and got a finance degree. And then he was working for like an investment bank or something. That makes shit. sense. Do you think he gets the, uh, is he in charge of Connor's money? <laughs> probably not, man. Connor's such a prick. He's probably like, Cam, you don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Einstein. He knows what to do. And I walked in. He's like, I can give you some advice, Cam, but you don't have any money. <laughs> I don't know. Cam, I mean, he did get him the Scotiabank ad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Again, like, Connor McDavid is my favorite person, including my son, but he's not a charismatic <laughs> dude. So it wasn't like Cam growing up had all this awesome shit happen to him because of Connor. It was probably the other way. There's but a yeah. little, there's a, there's a lot more. Uh, I don't know if you want to say even charisma, but there's more to him than what people see on TV. 100%. You get little bits Connor? of it here, there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He knows how to be guarded because he's had to be. 100%. Yeah. But I don't, he doesn't strike me as like, 
um, he's not going to take Magic over. Johnson. Yeah, he's not going to take over a party. But no, Magic Johnson is like equally like star power attitude to his skills. Yes, that's fair. Shaq. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like I don't think you'll see Connor post career on a panel. No. Right. I think he's a real genius in that it seems to me like it's a burden on him. Right. Like a lot of people who are like ultra like tistic in a certain way. Right. Like they don't know how to do other things. Yeah. Like, ah. yeah. He strikes me as one of those. Yeah. Right. So being Cam McDavid your whole life, it wasn't like, oh, shit, my younger brother's the shit. We're going to the Playboy Mansion. It's like, oh, my younger brother goes home and does plyometrics for six hours. And won't talk to anybody. <laughs> You're just sitting there playing some video game exactly. and all he hears. Thunk, thunk, thunk. Well, there's the story shooting in the garage again. <laughs> Cam Connor used to go to Cam's game. and would wear a shirt and tie and would stand in the dressing room and listen to the coach talk and then would go sit ramrod straight in the crowd and watch the game (laughs) and would like sing oh canada with his hand in his heart and shit like he would listen to the coaches like it was all he was interested in he's the little kipper goalie yeah, yeah. The little kid who used to go to the Flames games and, and mimic Kippersoff, and he had like his warm up down. Oh, really? He looked yeah. identical to him. He had the whole thing. I don't follow the Flames. I wish all those children would go home. It was a long time ago. That guy's got to be older than us by now. Actually, Kipper. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> yeah. I used to do that during the 06 playoffs. I used to dress up. I had a Dwayne Rollison jersey, and I used to be Dwayne Rollison at home, and I would pretend to be Dwayne Rollison. Oh, fuck I, I all it. the way down to like the anthem, how he would st- keep his eyes closed the whole time. I would do it. And then I would like peek. I'd be like, are they showing him? Are they showing him? <laughs> and then when he tore his ACL, <laughs> God bless. Andrew I was like, Mark Andre Bergeron. What do I do? What do I tear do? my ACL? No, yeah. no, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they're trying to bend it. And like, what are you doing right now? I'm just trying to be like, roll. I'll do it for Roly. And run into the wall. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Well, what else is going out in the world? What else do we want to talk about? Nom. Yeah. <laughs> There is that. Hey, did you hear that they're like letting off fireworks after the Oilers score or some shit? There's like a new swear. What? Your Ramchick told me that at the game, every time the Oilers score, there's like a popping noise. And at first he was like scared. But he's like, I think they're trying to do something new at the games when the Oilers score. Well, I'm, I believe I'm going Sunday. So I will have uh, an update on this by the time we get to this next week. <laughs> I'm going on Sunday too. I, oh. I do appreciate the fact that I got a heads up about this because I don't want to get scared. Yeah. yeah. Your Hendrick said he was scared. But I'm like, you might have been having nom flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, Sunday is going to be Wanya Jr.'s first game. Is it? <gasps> yeah. Wow. It's really? going to be awesome. So the so whole excited. camera crew is going and everything? Yeah. yeah oh, the whole team. It. We got to get a sequel to his birth movie. <laughs> we did a birth video when we announced him. Yeah. And uh, it did. It was funny. It was really cute. So we're going to do a sequel to that. But I'm excited. I had That's him watch fun. a little bit of the game. Like, when you're three, you pretty much have to be in bed at 730. You're going to have a mental breakdown by about 731. Right? <laughs> and I want to push it because I want him to hang out and be my boy. But at the same time, <laughs> he gets a little bit wild. So we watched the first period last night and he wasn't into it at all. So I assume on Sunday he'll be staring at the roof. <laughs> you just right force him. You're holding him over his eyes. Open. Like, yeah, just back, back, back. Watch 97. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know why the coach got fired. Keep your little eyes open. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what 97 is I can't commercial break you okay break down that last play what did you see <laughs> he has yeah. a Connor mcdavid doll we i make him talk to it you know you do <laughs> doesn't care hunter though again hunter's not for us adults when i first saw hunter i was like this is stupid his eyes are scary blah 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 <laughs> but now that i've seen him through the eyes of a kid even if he doesn't know anything about the game he's still interested in hunter there's like a plush hunter doll that they should get him in yeah uh, it'll probably be in the store if not like on the concourse in the store yeah, I've seen that one. It's going to be good. 
Where, are you, where are you sitting? Are you sitting in your seats? No, we're sitting in the low seats because he's going to be spinning around in a chair and acting wild. Oh, you got to find a way. I don't think Hunter goes to the loge. <laughs> To figure it out. Oh, with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We'll, we'll walk around there. Yeah, you gotta go find him. I want him to sit there, though. I don't think, I think he's too little to sit in the actual seats. He's too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll go sit. We're fortunate. Very lucky to be yeah, able to yeah. go and sit in those seats. So we'll go sit in those seats, but it'll be fun. But uh, a devil's game at 2 p.m. This is probably the only circumstances I could be excited for. Like, ordinarily, I'd be like, snooze. <laughs> Who cares? Well, man, he's gonna be, he's probably closer to the age of the devils than any other team in the league. <laughs> Devils He's closer in age to NHL players than I am. No, yeah. I'm doing the math. No, <laughs> still me. Thank God. Yeah, I don't oh even boy. like thinking about that anymore. Like I have not announced it yet, but I think I have to retire from my NHL career now. Why? Too old. What do you mean? There's nobody in my age in the in the league anymore. The Dano Chara could play still. Uh, he's yeah. definitely not in the league anymore. But he could. <laughs> You're the same age as him. Fine. Mark Andre Fleury. Kovalchuk just yeah. signed a one-year contract. He's older than us. Is he? Yeah, he signed with some random Russian team, probably at gunpoint. Oh, well, that doesn't, yeah. yeah, that doesn't count. It's fucking over in Europe. Well, you Russia. think Kovalchuk playing in the show? Shit. No, I'm <laughs> saying that league over there. I mean, Yager's playing. He's like 65. Yeah, Flurry's so still not in. too old to be. I know. I just might have to, if I, I may have to take my, my sights away from the NHL and take it over to Europe where things are. An SEL type career? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you got. I want to be reasonable with my expectations. Oh, so now that's when. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, if Matt Berlin had had that attitude, okay, yeah. he wouldn't have if played. David Ayers. David Ayers. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't David Ayers like forty something? Oh yeah. Oh. All right. He's lucky. He's got to learn how to play goalie and go, and go. Yeah. Then they like he's not a very good person. <laughs> oh no! What? <laughs> yeah. Oh no! It's like yeah, it's, not good at all. The yeah. wife. There's. There's no longer a wife. Oh, uh, why, Gilder? <laughs> oh no i think that just those legal papers may have gone up yeah. and I, I think it's like a bumpy road and i don't think they're very quiet about their dislike for each other yeah she was rocking him on social media too just like he's not the guy you think he is <laughs> i just, just think like, he's an e-bug yeah, yeah, yeah i don't know why can't people be good why can't that e-bug not be a serial killer <laughs> oh man at least set the tone for a nice e-bug you know there's just so much bad news about people all the time <laughs> dude we ignorance is bliss we know too much yes yeah. yes yes i agree right like yes. there's and this go and i know this is probably not the place for this but it goes back to like the fucking whole covid thing we don't need updates every fucking day <laughs> that's gonna fuck up our heads yes. because they're learning they're learning yes. they're learning i can't learn like that because i'm gonna think every other day was a mistake yeah. when it wasn't it was a step in the right direction that's but they're gonna look like mistakes to us yeah and the average person's gonna lose their fucking mind because we we don't, we can't have that much information being dialed. Yes. Being dialed into any one topic, whether it's a war, yeah, whether it's, it's good, man. you gotta have some sort of moderation. In your life. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking with you. I'm, I saw somewhere there's a, there's an Island. Fuck. Where was it? Somewhere on nice. Epstein Island. <laughs> no, no, we can no, say that it. now because we're on our own platform. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking Danish owners. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's an island out there somewhere. I, maybe it's outside BC or something like that. It's um, $475,000. What? what on an island? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rick, give you, me my own little fucking you my go, satellite dish with a little bit of, I'll find like Starlink or whatever. Got a buddy who can hook that shit up. 
I didn't like private, that's, I'm good, so man. Privateislandsforsale.com. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. He's been there. He's I'm not even three. kidding. He's got yeah, three no, 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 no. up there every week. Because you can get islands in other countries. Like Canadian islands are expensive. Yeah, this actually probably was in Canada. Um, yeah, I don't remember where it was, but it was like, I was like, oh, I'd live there. You can get like a Belize island that yeah, has fresh like that water probably. on it and shit for probably like 200 grand. <laughs> That's now, crazy, right? Pirates might land on your <laughs> island and try to kill you and your family. <laughs> but as long as you have a gun or a series of guns, you can defend yourself. Well, if you just play it like the 80s, if you just leave the lights off in your, or no, you leave the lights on, it looks like there's somebody home. They won't come over again. <laughs> We don't want to attack them. Oh, They're no. clearly awake. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the, that was a thing in the eighties, man. Every time you leave the house, you leave the living room light on. Why? It looks like someone's home. No one's gonna break in this way. People don't do that anymore. I don't think no. so. That's also like uh, when was the last time you seen a block parent sign? A what? I think the block parents though oftentimes were the predators. <laughs> Looking back at it now, you know I what I mean? Like I can get a sign and all the neighborhood children will run to my house. Like that sounds like a good idea. I'm a level four 83 creepo. They won't get you in the basement. We used to have a block parent sign in our house. And I remember man, we really? would put it out and I'd be like, shit, it's about to go down. There's about to be kids here. <laughs> block parents was like a weird thing, like the milk board brought up or some shit. Where I, there was a sign in your window and yeah. you're told if like something went wrong on the street look for a block parent go bang on the door they'll take you in and they'll figure shit out for you really? that's essentially the way it was, it was the 80s, so man. we lost a lot of kids <laughs> to that program brett i'll yeah. tell you that much it's funny because like growing up in the 2000s really and going to the school like public safety classes or courses and whatever and re-watching like movies from the 80s you're like why the fuck would you ever do something like that why are you going and talking to the random stranger who's going to take you into the, the house and tell you exactly what to do and you're like oh yeah, yeah this is going to make for a good movie like, it doesn't make any sense like some of the stupid 90s videos that they would show us of like don't talk to somebody like the 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 key one that I always remembered because I always thought it was absolutely stupid was when it was like no my mom's coming to pick me up it's like I talked to your mom she told me I'm going to take you and you're okay. like what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what? I never understood that, but I guess apparently it was ingrained in the 80s. Well, this gets back just- to your point about hearing the same thing every day. When I was little, I was genuinely concerned someone was going to try to snatch me up. Really? Because, well, you saw so much like you're yeah, going to get kidnapped one day type <laughs> shit. You're like, holy fuck. My, my mom was never worried. She always said that I was too plump for somebody to try and pick me up. And run off. So <laughs> well, that's not very nice. You're yeah. giving me a different complex. But here I am. Man, here I am. Only been kidnapped twice. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like when you go somewhere that doesn't have law and order, and I'm not saying bad things can't happen here. I mean, bad things can happen anywhere. Yeah. But like having spent time in dangerous places and having spent time in Mexico, right? When I was down in Mexico a lot, I had security team. Right? Right. Literally, yeah, he had a team like an armored car and a bodyguard. Really? Yeah, yeah. What make sure he didn't get snatched yeah. up. What's dangerous? Oh, yeah, obviously. But but at but- first when I had that, I was like gangster and then <laughs> like a few weeks after having it, you realize like then you're nervous if they're not around. Right. Yeah. So being able to come back to Edmonton and having this experience where I'm down there and I'm back and I'm down there and I'm back, like you don't you take your safety for granted yeah. and you take the fact that the police are on your side here. Yeah. Right. Whereas in a lot of countries, the last thing you would do if you had a problem <laughs> would be call the cops because your problems are about to get 10 times. Yeah. Worse, right. Right. Wow. But that doesn't mean that it isn't uh, bad shit can still happen. 
Yeah. Have you not seen, do you not watch Yeg Wave? I do. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. You can't go to a mall or the LRT no. these days. It's no. pretty crazy the news that Yeg Wave has and the difference between it and the news. It's sick. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's cool. Like a cat got caught in a tree out in Markham, Ontario. Yeg Wave's like, holy shit, the SWAT team. The SWAT team's been out 15 times today. We got all 15 fucking crimes. Yeah. You know, it, my girlfriend and I have been, it's kind of become our, our nightly trip tradition is uh, I accidentally paid for uh, a subscription for five O radio, which is just scanners from across the world. That's cool. So we oh, just a lifetime subscription. How no, long did you just a year, ah, just a year. Oops. So uh, we were just sit, we just sit there and listen to the Edmonton fire one all the time. We're like, as soon as it comes up, we know when the alarm is and we know, Oh, it's, if it's rescue and, and this, that I'm like, <laughs> it's an alarm. It's a fire alarm. And then once they say the, the address, we like go into Google Maps. We're like, oh, it's on the west side. It's it's over on the west side. We're good. We're good. There was one that <laughs> happened like by her parents' place. What? It, you know what? Weird, probably. But there was like, there was something that happened at my friend's old house. I don't even know if she still lives there. But yeah, there was like a cardiac arrest at my friend's old house, and I was like, oh my god, that's like by my place. Then I went to like Google Maps and saw it. I'm like, that's her house. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's like, I know too much. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. Should I be texting her? Being like, is everything what up okay? with your house, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is your stepdad okay? Like, yeah. There was a house near my house one time. I was going for a walk, and I don't know what the fuck happened, but like four cop cars roll up on the lawn, lights oh. on. These cop guys like go up, like nor- they're normally going to park, right? Yeah. And they go flying into this fucking house. Four different cop cars, probably seven officers. Oh and I'm just walking I'm like, okay. <laughs> I have never seen anything since there. No. I never heard from any neighbors what the fuck was going on. Oh but one day, that house had some shit. Horton heard Every time I walk by, I'm just like, yeah, check yeah shit see like there's a see severed it. head on the front porch. I'm like, oh, that's why the cops were there two years ago, probably for the head. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, because I used to work in in Lloydminster at the the news station there. That's cool. And uh, yeah, it was a fun little time. It's a little town. And you gotta do put your time in somewhere. Well, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a good market, but. We had the, the police scanner in there, the, the emergency scanner in there all the time. So when I was there, I was the one who would go to to those emergency calls that they had. And there weren't very many. There was maybe like three a month where here it's like Did you jump in your whip day. and go to see what happened. Yeah, exactly. So we would get we would listen to where the address was. We'd listen to what was going on. And then we as I was going on, our shooter, our camera guy would go and, and start packing the, the truck and then I would come out and we would just go right away. And so there was a there was like a bomb th- or a bomb threat. Yeah. At uh, the Lloyd mall. Oh, you got to blow the Lloyd mall. Up. Yeah. <laughs> These motherfuckers have it coming. <laughs> We're going for the Spencer's baby. <laughs> We're um, going to blow that Payless shoes with the two people in there. And it's sky high. Yeah. Watch out. A and W. Yeah. So, and like people walking around with AR 15s and all that. Oh, it was a like, real thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't it was, like a little kid called it in. No, no. Well, so well, it was around that time when a whole bunch, of institutions were getting like bomb threats like West Ed got a bomb threat at the time like a school got a U of A or something to add one so it was kind of a, a trend around Canada and North America 
So that was where it came from. And then there was a, a raid as well that was going on at a house just down the street from us. So again, like they they had like snipers around corners and like assault yeah. rifle guys. Yeah, yeah. Lloyd. Oh, yeah. Was that the Alberta side or the Sask side? It was of the, the Alberta side. Yeah, you know it yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the Sask like, side has like fucking bows and arrows. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They just shots. try to yeah. kill each other with a sheaf of wheat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we grow this shit everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, they would like tell us where to go and, and stuff like that. And we were standing in one way. He's like, I wouldn't go there. There's a guy behind you. We're like, okay. <laughs> so we were like behind You have like a little buildings. mic recorder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to get the news. Yeah. Yeah. Bang, bang. I got that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. So, and I've always been like, my dad used to have a scanner and whenever something around us was going on, we would go and, and do stuff. So now it's kind of just parlayed into my girlfriend and I laying in bed. And- have you ever watched the crime and punishment channel on YouTube? Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. So it's like body cam footage from officers, but it's yeah. like all over the world. I don't know how the hell they get this footage. <laughs> yeah. but like, there was one I saw the other day and it was like, they had this car pinned in the end of a cul-de-sac and it was like, had its tire shot out. It was a truck. It was a utility truck they'd stolen. And this guy on no tires, did a U-turn sparks flying everywhere and then gunned it at all the cop cars that were like trying to box him in this thing and split him like a bowling pin. Come on. Yeah, man. And they what? riddled this thing with bullets. What? Like 30 <laughs> cops were just unloading <laughs> this thing. And this guy just kept driving, right? Like everything's missing him. I was like, this could be the well, it's the fall of society, but it could be the greatest channel on YouTube. Like, <laughs> if they showed that shit more, I don't think I think police officers in the last, you know, 10 years maybe even longer, but like there's a lot of bad police officers, but there's yeah. way more good police officers, especially oh, yeah. in Canada, right? You just never hear about the good. You never hear about the good at anything. You always hear the bad. If you showed all the stuff that the cops had to respond to, if that oh, was yeah. a channel, people would be way more pro-police. Dude, you don't understand how much they respond to in the city that people oh. don't know about. Oh, agreed, man. Yeah, wave. Like, yeah. Yeah. Outside of that. I hear it on the scanner. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a couple of fucking friends and I remember them telling them, I was like, oh, there is this shooting that night. I was like, what? Wait, hold on. What do you mean? <laughs> There's so much shit that happens in this city that does not get out there. I honestly think that's for the best because I'm real. Yes, like, no, it's, I don't ignorance is bliss. Yeah, like, exactly. Let's just fucking it, exactly. Tell me about that cat. Where was he? Brampton? What <laughs> yeah, a yeah. joker. How did he get caught in a tree? <laughs> uh, 20 minutes of the news on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. No, it's there's a lot of shit that happens out there, man, that oh, yeah. the majority of us have no idea about. Especially in the States, too, right? Like, yeah, well, this the level of Edmonton. Fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then imagine what it happens down there, right? Because we're the nice Canadians. We're the, you know, the, the town way up north in the, in the, in the, the Arctic or whatever. Yeah. Go down to these other cities where oh. people are, I don't want to say crazy, but they're a lot further than we are. <laughs> I remember when I was, I had spent a lot of time in San Francisco and you get the Oakland news in San Francisco. Mm. And I can't remember the numbers exactly, but it was like, We've had 780 shooting <laughs> fatalities in Oakland this year. I was like, those are rookie numbers. That's 25 years of murders where I'm from. And the cities are the same rough size. Yeah. Like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, we've been watching, actually, a documentary recently on, like, uh, crime in San Francisco. And it is 
crazy. The stuff they just go in there. The cops don't care. Like they, if they catch you, the the worst they can give you is a misdemeanor. So if you're you're going in there and, and just raid like those recent store raids I, where they just they, those make me so fucking angry. I can't watch them. <laughs> People just stealing and leaving. Yeah, when yeah. there's like thirty to, they're all just grabbing. Like uh, I'm yeah. like. Dude, like, and first, what do I get mad at? That the people stand there watching. What are they supposed to do? I have no idea, but I, I <laughs> they probably shouldn't do anything. But I promise you, if I'm in that situation, I'm probably doing something. Why? That's a tough one. Like because I'm an idiot, I'm going to get myself involved in it. Yeah, <laughs> and like you're an authority figure in a place where there's lots of chaos. Like I'm, That's it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't just, know, man. If I was at the bay and there was like a swarm of shoplifters, I'd probably be like, well. <laughs> what are they gonna do yeah they, literally yeah. to depend on like how i woke up that morning or what i feel like like i was talking to one of my one of my doormen the other night and he's like he was driving uh one night when he first started working for us, he was driving home and like saw some cop car so he slowed down and then saw like uh, the cop was like fighting this dude so got got out stopped got out walked up and like cracked this dude and the cops like yeah, yeah yeah so they like they took the guy down yeah and this stuff just happens to him he went to he was in the store the other day and he was just go, going to get some zins he's in there and some guy's like losing his shit on like tries to do something to the to the guy work at the store my guy had to take him down no yeah. that happened at our bar back in the day there was on the on the corner of the bar street i guess i can tell everything i want to fucking tell now god damn it 142 <laughs> in stony yeah, yeah pull up lots of fights in blue chicago back in the day <laughs> Woo! and there was a person had been walking past or something and an, uh, an officer pulled over and yeah. something was going on so anyways i roll up it's like we're busy it's maybe one in the morning and there is a fist fight between the police officer and this dude oh. in the middle of the intersection yeah, yeah. we're like uh, uh oh. so the doorman and i went over and like got involved yep. and the officer same thing was like thank you yep. <laughs> forevermore our bar i swear to god they had a note on our file like good guys because the police officer showed me like hey you guys what you guys have what's wrong this day not your fault what that four guys shot each other in the parking lot shit <laughs> <That's nothing. laughs> but i think if you're a doorman or you're like you are rick like you're wired to need to be authority in times of chaos yeah, yeah probably and that's different than the rest of us civvies yeah we're yeah. the chaos so yeah. i remember walking back from a from an oiler game and there was like two people starting to fight my buddy had like I just instinctively started walking over, like to like try and stop, like not get involved. And he's like, "No, like don't, we're not." And I think I yelled at him to stop or something stupid like that, and yeah. I don't know if he did or not. I don't remember, but yeah, that's just I don't know. It's just in me, like that's just like the magnet goes that way because you have to at your job. Fucking annoying sometimes. Yeah, I think it's because my generation grew up in the whole like fuck the the higher powers that be so if you're just going in there and just stealing from like gucci i'm like yeah well they make enough money who cares so, yes yeah, yeah i don't i don't see it as the company i see it as the employees and i get it, it has nothing to do with that yeah but i'm like why are you doing to this guy why are you doing to that person like what are these people doing That's because yeah. you actually have to like stand your ground for your business in yeah, dangerous I guess so, situations right? like yeah. that makes you like point oh 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 one percent of the population but if yeah. that if that's fair if they're going after somebody who just is not involved at all then yeah I'm, I'm behind that but if you're just like like the greatest the video out there is that walmart that? one where the three dudes are like they've all got it timed out so they're grabbing shit from like the from like the fucking electronics and then you see like and i think it's like 
the Walmart defense, they all drop back into like zone coverage. And these guys all, they, they squat, they, they do, they drop, they get low and they're ready for tackles. And I, that's one of my favorite well, videos of all time. That's going to just make Walmart executives be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Because if anyone gets fucked up at work, they can sue. Well, then yeah. there's that one, there's that one girl from a couple years ago who fucked somebody up. And then I think Dana White, like brought her onto the UFC or something like that. Or, because she got fired. It's amazing and she to just the difference of up. time. So like I used to work at a golf store. Right. And we would have to keep our eyes open for shoplifters. And I remember one time we had this guy who worked for us. His name was Ian and Ian. You'd meet him and he'd be like, he's so jacked. Right. He's like, yeah, I, I was faster than the world's fastest hundred meter woman sprinter. What? And you're like, what? And then like the men at the time were running like a nine, eight and the women are running like a 12, five. And he's like, I'm faster than every woman on earth in a hundred meter dash. So we're sitting there one day and we're working or whatever. And this guy just walks in, takes a driver and starts running. And Ian's like, I got him. And I was like, oh my God, he will. He's faster than every woman on earth. And sure as shit, this guy's running down 170th street, right? For Nevada Bob's in the deep West end. And Ian looked like the flash in a baseball game. He's like, Whoosh. And he rolled up on this guy and sucker punched this fucking goop. <laughs> and he bang, this guy lands on the ground. And Ian takes the great big berth of titanium head nine degree driver <laughs> and brings it back, puts it back in the golf bag. It was like, goes back right to that, back, right back into mid conversation. Yeah. We weren't even so about yeah, that exactly. story. <laughs> and now, like, you think about what you witnessed in the, like 2023 eyes, you're like, <gasps> <gasps> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in those days, I remember one time a guy came in and put a putter down his pants <sighs> and was trying to like walk out all funny. And my manager just like looks, knows what he's seeing, and comes over and like citizens arrests this dude, <laughs> took him to the back, threw him in the room where we changed shoes for golf spikes, yeah, and just like had him in the change rooms like you're not allowed to leave and then phone the police and the guy's like waiting in the change room <laughs> the I love that shit yeah but That's now these are swarms they have text messaging these criminals are yeah. fucking ahead of us all they've yeah. got you know see I used to work at uh, Southgate at uh, Jersey City oh yeah yeah I'll name drop him um, but <laughs> Southgate has slowly become kind of the more not dangerous, but it's just you have kids coming from the high schools down the street there. There's like a game. It's becoming the new North Town Mall. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, there's been a the big pants. The shoes. <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. These let, kids don't respect shit. Don't no. let that fool you. It's <laughs> turf. <laughs> don't let the giant legs fool you. No. This no, shit is dangerous. It is. It's becoming. trying to distract you. There's a turf war, war going on there, like a gang war at like Southgate. So like there was a guy recently, uh, I think last Christmas got stabbed in the neck at the cafeteria. Yeah, like oh, yeah. seven thirty in the morning or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so like, they, dude, they barely did. one bite into his morning donut. <laughs> yeah, and he's and got a like, knife in his jugular. <laughs> yeah, like, that's yeah. gonna change the flavor a bit. But so when I was working there, there was because when you're working at Jersey, there's obviously jerseys all over the place and right at the front of uh, the store. And the store is just one of those wide open doors. Like you don't have to walk through a door or something like that. You just walk in. Yeah. But they were always the, the Oilers jerseys at the front because those were going to be the higher sellers. So you're walking by, you see, they have the Oilers jerseys, you come in whatever. And you would consistently have people with like backpacks who would like come in, take a look at the jerseys, whatever. And then 
just walk away. And so there was this one time I'm working there. I just clocked in or something like that. And I was helping somebody on the, the left side of the wall. And these group of teenagers came no in. No good punk ass teenagers. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sitting back. I'm like, this yeah, was these, this is trouble. I was 100% profile. Like, not, <laughs> not like on purpose, but not like, by race, by age. Yeah. age, age. <laughs> They're young. That's, That's a, why. Yeah, we'll deal with that in 2025. <laughs> right now yeah. It's still fair game right now. Yeah, exactly. Ageist. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm helping this person on the other side, and, and my boss is helping the, the kids. And so. When I'm looking at the kids, the the person I was helping was like trying on Jersey, whatever. And so I wasn't really, I was letting them do their thing. So when I looked over, I saw the kids and they were like, like checking themselves in, out in the mirror and they were wearing basketball jerseys and they were looking at all the basketball jerseys. And so they're like checking them out, seeing how they fit and all that. And I'm, I finish with my customer. They fuck off. I take a look and the kids are leaving with the jerseys on and I'm like, Hey, Hey, excuse me. And then there, my boss was like, no, they're wearing those when they came in. And I was like, Oh <laughs> shit. Oh no. I meant to say, where'd you get that? That's yeah. honestly <laughs> yeah. dope, man. And it was a cool Jersey yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> so, is that special in. ordered? Where can I get one? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, they came back in like five minutes later with like more kids. And then I was like, Hey, sorry about that. I didn't, I didn't know you guys came in. And then I was like, Oh shit. That's actually really cool. <laughs> I'm going to wear my David Robinson jersey to the mall to get another David Robinson jersey. <laughs> yeah. You really love the San Antonio Spurs in the mid 90s. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Too many David Robinson jerseys. That's your problem. Yeah. Fuck. Well, do you want to have a little meeting about our River Valley stuff right now on the air? Because that's kind of one of the things I want to sure. do on Wanya's World is have like some work stuff so Ooh. that it isn't Ooh. behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Behind the scenes wow. stuff. So we're working on, we talked about it a little bit already. We're working on a music streaming right. content pack yep. and we have CKUA involved as our partner. So Brett's the producer. How'd it go last Thursday? We haven't done anything yet. No, is it? We had the live, live music last the show though. Oh, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I have no earthly <laughs> idea. I mean, unless a guitar <laughs> caught fire or someone dropped dead, I'm sure it's fine. I don't know any of the people that are playing. I've never heard of these people. I just know that they have people who like them when I want them to come to the river Valley. Yeah. 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 If young Dolph were to perform, I would be excited. Unfortunately, he died. Okay. So the musicians I want to hear are never going to come to the River Valley Company, mostly because they can't get into Canada because of gun charges or two, they're dead. That's fair. So we are going to buy all the equipment we need. Right. Right. So your Amtrak's gone and he's going to get a couple of Sony cameras yep. and all the tripods and shit like that. So there's two kinds of shows that we're doing. And one is the monthly concert. Yep. So we have to be on for, unfortunately we have to be on site for mm -hmm. that concert and just have our cameras set up and make yep. sure. Yep. And I've kind of got some content series that I really like from YouTube that kind of want to copy the look and feel of. So Saw that yep. maybe we can take a look at those. Yep. And then the other ones are going to be these 90 minute DJ sets every week right. with CKUA music. Yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we need to run it like a nation show yep. in that I want to do clips and put those clips on the River Valley account at Edmonton River Valley and Instagram, the Little Brick account at Little Brick YG, Dog Patch, Dog Patch YG, and Bread and Butter. Right. Those combined are 115,000 followers. Wow. <laughs> so our concert series will do numbies <laughs> as long as we clip it properly and, and drive people to a YouTube channel right. where we'll have the full shows. Right. So I kind of had in that document I sent you like an estimate of how much work it's going to be in a month-to-month yep. -month basis and all that kind of stuff. So are we good to do this? Oh, yeah. 
That's going to be cool. Can you make the video like the intros to the videos? Can you put those together and stuff or do we need to get somebody else? I may outsource to Kennedy for that. Yeah. She's much better at that. And just seeing the quality that she's been able to do, I might, might outsource to them. I, I I can work on them. Okay. But I, I want more of the, She's better with like making motion graphics and making things really pop. Like okay. I can make kind of universal type things, but she's, she's, I think I might. I want to get like an intro made for it where it's like first person camera and you walk into dog patch and you kind of walk in and look around and go and sit in the corner all on camera. Okay. And then look over and see where the DJ booth is going to be. Right. And that's the start of every one. Because the oh. idea is I want people to from Edmonton initially to be like, I've never been to dog patch, but right. I've watched four concerts there. Yeah. So I feel like it. Yeah. I've been there or later on. I've never been to Edmonton, but I've watched 20 concerts of dog patch type shit. Right. So show the room beyond just the frame we're going to see for the concert or the DJ booth stuff. Right. And maybe even have like the server in the clip come over and put a menu in front of you. Yeah. And then be you look, real. Something like that. And you yeah, look, like it says River Valley sessions or some shit cool, or something cool. like that. I think that'd be neat. A hundred percent. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to do a dry run at some point in December, other than the concert, which I assume went well. Um, <laughs> we're going to have the CKUA DJ come down. Cool. That's cool, too. We can talk about anything we want on this show. This guy, <laughs> they're like, oh, do you have anybody you want to be the DJ? And I'm like, sadly, in 2023, the current state of my life, I do not have a DJ on speed dial. <laughs> I had one in 2019. I don't know where he went. <laughs> I'm starting from scratch. Yeah. They go, well, we've got this one guy, but I don't know. He's pretty eccentric. And I'm like, mm, keep talking. <laughs> and like, he works at Blackbird Music. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Whoa. Like that's the local record store. I'm like, let's get this guy. Well, he doesn't answer text messages and you can't email him. I'm like, that's my DJ. Get him in here. <laughs> so they're like, it'll take a few weeks for us to track him down. You know, you what? Tie a, tie a note to the leg of a bird. You yeah. gotta go into Blackbird <laughs> music and be like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping that this is going to be our, our DJ. Cool. So three out of four weekly DJ sets a month are going to be this person and then one out of four is going to be a guest dj cool that's cool too yeah yeah. people coming and shit like that so the other funny thing and now we'll talk about on the show i actually have to go and do something about it but i was sitting downstairs we have a dj booth downstairs Mm -hmm. that we've done nothing with and our manager's like this should be storage i'm like i will fucking kill you (laughs) can't say that doing doing there you gotta say no not a good idea um so this will be the first time ever so chalmers from real life podcast comes with me and i'm in the dj booth i'm looking around at everything and we've got records there hey yeah and he goes whose records are all these i'm like well they're my dad's they were in our blue chicago bar i've had them for years i just you know had them in my garage or whatever and he's like uh-huh. You know, some of these records are super valuable, right? Wanya? Yeah. And I'm like, what? Cause like when I shoveled them all in, I'm just like my dad, I wasn't thinking about him as a collect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's Come one. On, have you, have you, have you taken some in? Have you got some d- numbers for some of these? I haven't got any numbers, but I've now like mentally looked at what I've got down there with a sentient adult brain, not as a child. Right. <laughs> well, there's like 1966 copy of fucking Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts what Club band fuck? in mint condition. What? Yeah, man. And you just have it hanging up in there. It was just in a crate, like this proverbial story. Like it's not a million dollar record, but like, wow, it was just, my dad was like, if you want records, I got all those old ones out in the garage. I was like, sweet. And I brought him the old bar. It shut. And I was like, one day I'm going to have a new bar. I'm going to put these records in the new bar. Yeah. So I held onto them shits in mint condition. Now those records can buy a new buy bar. A new bar yeah. Probably. Wow. So 
Thankfully, I've gone down there and separated them into two piles. <laughs> the Bill Cosby albums, they can stay. They're not, uh, you know, the resale value isn't quite what it used to be. Uh. Ghostbuster soundtrack, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Maybe it's valuable. I don't care. It stays in the bar. But like the autograph to Paul McCartney from John Lennon, and they don't have a record like that, but I just mean like there's some heavy duty shit. To John from Paul. Sorry about that, love. Uh, probably valuable. So anyways, that was the, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I think you could still get something from that pill Cosby album. Probably, man. I think probably every single fucking record in that thing is worth at least $10. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was looking online. I was like, yeah, I'm going to sell all this. Yeah. <laughs> ASAP. Yeah. The new bar opens up. Not one record in it. Yeah, it's called yeah. record bar. <laughs> no, I think it would be neat one day and not today, but one day if, we get this music off the ground series and it's like popular and people are watching it and shit having these, like I wanted to get foreign bands to come to Edmonton yeah. knowing there's going to be a built in digital audience of these concerts. Yeah. And then they do a show. Totally. It'd be cool to sell their records here. Yeah. It would be cool to sell their merch here. Even if it's just online and that record um, spaces in the DJ booth was all the records of the different people who'd come through here. Yeah. Really. That'd be fucking dope. Yeah. Know, yeah. Right. But with these concert series, as we know, with the nation, this shit never happens overnight. No, you have to. Let's like this one. Yeah. We did our first eight episodes and they're like, you're not allowed to use that platform. Yeah. You're not like, oh, fuck, I'm going to quit. Yeah. You're just like, well, the eight people who listen to this show in the first eight episodes are going to have to be retrained. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Same with this concert series. But in three years, in five years, I could just see if it works and we get some scale. People are going to come and do cool shows here and like selling their records afterwards, selling their merch, that kind of shit, man, it'd be fly Oh yeah, to be like, there's only 25 people in the bar. Yeah. Like 8,000 people watched this show last night online. That's cool. Yeah. And we're already doing it one floor up in this building. That's the thing, right? Yeah. Like to think like, oh, well, you can't have a bar that has like significant streaming revenue. No bar on earth has ever done that before. But like one floor up in the same building in these funny little fucking offices, <laughs> we're doing TSN numbers up here. Yeah. Right? So why is it that hard to work with our exact team of experts? Yeah, to you've, got, you've got everything here. Why not put it all together? Think of Red Star, which I love Red Star. Right? That's yeah. a wicked, wicked bar. How many shows have they had over the years there? Imagine there was a channel with a repository of all their old shows. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then eventually you'd be like a band would get relatively. You're going to stumble across, uh, across some gems. Oh, yeah. And you're going to be like, they played here. Yeah. Here's their 25 person show yep. in a bar in Riverdale, Edmonton. Yep. Yeah. Back before anybody knew who the hell they were. Exactly. Yep. And now they're all over TikTok. There's this hotel that I went to. Did I tell a story about Hotel Gonzo? I don't think we talked so. about that in the show. Mm. I think we talked about that one. It's okay. It's a new show. That's true. It's, it's, it's the old platform. All those episodes are burnt. <laughs> I went to this hotel one time in Cabo, San Lucas, mm -mm. and it was owned by this dude who's like young and his family owned a lot of Cabo. So he's like a fancy guy. And one of his investors was Charlie Sheen back when this was something you wanted to brag about. Right? <laughs> this is something I wanted him to, he wanted me to know Charlie Sheen was a business partner. Yeah. So I went to meet with this guy, with my buddy, and he's telling us about his hotel, the hotel Gonzo. And it maybe has 200 rooms. Like right. it's not a big hotel. It's not a tower or anything like that. Yeah. So we're hanging out and we're having a couple of drinks and he goes, Oh, okay. Let me show you around. We go into the bar in the hotel. We go behind the bar and he pulls up a trap door. And we go down the staircase and this trap door behind the bar. So when they're busy, the bartender is literally standing on the trap door. 
You go down the basement and he's built a full recording studio down there. What? And he's got this unreal production engineer. And he's like, I know this guy. He like had a nervous breakdown. He was with some bands. He did too many drugs. (laughs) And I let him move into one of the units in the hotel. And he's our hotel music producer. What? And this guy's like, I'll never, he says, I'll never leave here. And what he does is they have a band in residence program. So abandoned residents will apply to the hotel Gonzo. If they're allowed, they get to stay there. I think it's for a week Yeah, and you get a, f- a bunch of recording time in the studio free. So a lot of bands will record an EP or a yeah. couple of songs or something. And all you have to do in exchange is one concert at the end. Wow. But you hang out there all week. Yeah. So if you go to Hotel Gonzo, there's always cool indie bands like in the lobby, getting ready to go down and make music and shit. And they have a three year waiting list for this band in residence program. Wow. And it's their only marketing. Where is it? Cabo. Wow. So then they brought in photographer and model in residence. And so there's famous fashion photographers and shit that'll go there for a week to decompress. And all they have to do is shoot content for their social. And then you have models in residence and they'll go down there for a week in between shoots and shit and they'll make a bunch of content. So like Hotel Gonzo is so fucking cool. Yeah. And this guy explained to me, like, we don't spend money on advertising. We just spend money on content. That's kind of the idea that in the long run, I want to try to yeah. do yeah, so I like this, right? So what we're doing right now is looking for hotels out there who want to give us a week, and then at the end of the week, we'll do what we're doing here, but we'll do it in like the, the lounge. Airbnb Playboy. Well, well, no, we want to go. We want to take this to like Mexico or something else. Oh, I see. So you know, yeah, they're all looking. We are the music. We are the musicians in, in in my story here. I see. They take us for a week. We hang out with the crew. We do our thing, yeah. and at the end of it, we'll do our podcast in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. We'll call it an even Steven trade, and then we go home after a week. In Vancouver for Canucks Army, our podcast I think is in a shopping center. Yeah, studio. Yeah, it's free. They paid us to take the studio. Really? It's part of the deal is they wanted people to come to their empty shopping center in Vancouver and see something cool happening. Because huh. it's got high vacancy. It's like doing a Northgate Mall or something? No, no. It's like a gangster one. <laughs> I think it's connected to a hotel or some shit, the one in Vancouver. Yeah. Really? That's cool. But my thinking is here at the Umperville block, we have two Airbnb units, a two-room hotel. It's the smallest hotel in the world. We take it very seriously. <laughs> and no hot tub, by the way. No, none. No because my damn tub? sister had her way. But <laughs> it'd be cool to have bands come stay in the Airbnb. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. A show here. And then a good friend of the nation, Uncle Carrie. Yes. Uh, he has a recording studio. Come on. He does. To the, that's so good, in fact, that when the Jonas Brothers were here, Stop. one of the Jonases went out to his studio and did a bunch of recording. No way. Yep. Yep. I'm hot. So is he... <laughs> He does not come off as a musician to me. He was a musician prior to being an oilman. Really? Interesting. He was in a metal band. <laughs> come on. Yeah, man. Long hair, the whole thing. <laughs> That's awesome. So it'd be cool in the long run, though, that like you get the content series established. You bring in some high value bands to like really get your views up. Five shows will do 80% of the clips probably mm-hmm. or views. But then say to them, you can stay here. You can go to the recording studio and record a song or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. So cool, man. That's dope. So dope. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, that's where we're at. So we just got to make sure we're going to do a dry run of a show cool. at some point in December. Okay. So maybe that's where we shoot all the like footage of people. Like it'd be cool. Like you said, B roll, right? Like people yep. coming yep. in, sitting down, glasses are clinking. Mm-hmm. You know, something's going to happen, but it hasn't quite happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. So then we got to train this DJ who doesn't use technology. Oh fuck. To 
either know how to do his own streaming or yeah. we're going to have to set it all up for him every day. And, and then, he just presses a button or whatever. I guess um, we would probably have to in that first show in December too, just be like, just so you're aware you are entering an area where you will be filmed. And See then, the way for the concerts. Yes. The way yeah. that I have the DJ set imagined is we're going to yeah. have just the DJ in frame. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. There should be a yeah, note up the, saying we're streaming tonight. I was thinking for the concerts. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You need to pan over the crowd every now and then, see what's going on. Well, maybe when this is done, we can watch a couple little concerts that I have as like the, uh, the thing we want to copy. Cool. Everything great, Rick, has been copied. I just want to just put this out there right now because you see the hotel Gonzo and you're like, I'm going to copy that exactly, but you don't. But at least you have like the the formational idea oh, yeah. in your yeah, head. You got the outline. Right. So we go to Iceland lots to go to music festivals. Yeah. And Iceland Airwaves is this little tiny music festival that they do in Iceland that Jay and I have gone to a jillion times. It's so cool. But they make the coolest content. Yeah. So the Cracker Factory in Reykjavik nice. has turned into a youth hostel mm-hmm. called Kex. And it's cool, right? And you go into the lobby and there's a vault where they used to keep all the cracker money and you can get your hair cut in there. <laughs> can, you, can you define cracker money? Uh, what do you mean? What, what is cracker money? <laughs> well, when you make crackers in Iceland. Ah, actual cracker crackers. factory. Yeah. They no, made crackers. Biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> I was very concerned. Oh, not racist stuff. No, no. <laughs> biscuits, like Icelandic biscuits. It was a biscuits. Biscuit factory. And when they were taking the Reykjavik like floor plate of the city, there was all this old fishing shit that had gone out of business. They tried to do some manufacturing stuff. A lady I know in Iceland, they have one of the largest mayonnaise factories in the world. When I met her, she's like, oh, I'm, we make mayonnaise. And I was like, like the big ass building on the way in from the airport. She's like, yes, it's quite a sizable mayonnaise factory. Like, God damn it is lady. Does that mayonnaise make your make way to Canada? Should I be checking my label when yeah, I get home to see I where my shit's it's, from? It's not Miracle Whip. It's oh, one of these weird Scandinavian yeah, no, males. Hellman's. I'm, yeah, a, I'm yeah. a miracle whip kind of guy. So. Yeah, me too. So when they were trying to rebuild Reykjavik, because it was like the poorest country in Europe for a long time, they had to take the old cracker factory and make it into something. And they had to take the old this and make it into something. So a lot of the hipster shit in Iceland is repurposed stuff. Mm. But this Kex Icelandic music festival, what venue, what they do is they bring in the Seattle radio station called KEXP. You ever heard of them? Yeah. KXP is like the CKUA of Seattle. Right. But what they do to make money is they go to all these big music festivals all around the world with like their drive time DJ. So the guy that you listen to in Seattle from four to six as you're sitting in Seattle traffic. Mm. Now he's in Reykjavik during drive time and they're playing these concerts on Seattle radio. Oh, cool. So obviously I'm my best friends with this guy and told him (laughs) about Oilers Nation and how I'm so interesting and he isn't. And then I would go and see him every year. Hi, how are you? And you go, fuck that guy again. Uh." (laughs) But the, the shows they have on YouTube that we'll watch after, it's so cool, man, because They'll just like there's one show I'm thinking of, and it's a band I really like now. And this is one of their first performances. But they performed in a room full of bunk beds with a bunch of sleeping kids. No way. So the show starts and it's them singing acoustically in there. And you see all these little kids, not little kids, or fucking 20 year old backpackers waking up to retro Stefson singing in their room. What? And they're like kind of half awake and shit. And I don't know. There's just something really, really cool about performances in non-traditional venues, right? Like this music festival we go to, it's not like there's a football stadium with 30,000 people. It's like the show you go to is in the bookstore. The show you go to is in the cafe that you were in that morning. Now they've crammed 80 little seats in there. And now there's a lady singing in there. And that's so fucking rad. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Right. And I yeah, never yeah. really like, I, I only like young Dolph and like rap music and stuff. So going to Iceland and hearing hipster music for the first time, I don't even know what genre it is. <laughs> yeah. I just call it Iceland music, even though no one's from fucking Iceland. <laughs> they found a way to put content out during these music festivals that attract people to their country all year round. Yeah. And now because they have all these libraries of performances from throughout the years, people watch that shit all the live long day. Wow. And it's ultimately leading people to go to Iceland. So it would be so cool in the long run if we did enough shows that one person came to Edmonton because <laughs> they'd watched all our shows on YouTube and wanted to see what it looked like. You'll get it. That, that was some positive. No problem. This city's very good when it comes to tourism. Yeah. We just need to find more reasons to bring people here. Yeah. I mean, we've got a bunch to begin with, but anything new and better is always. But not enough people know, like the River Valley's nice, like the the city itself is really nice. So then you're only really to them, you're just coming for a hockey game or a concert, or that. that's usually that's, what brings them in. Yeah, right? that's, that's what I'm that's, saying. That's, that's the uh, the chum. Yeah, and then yeah. when you get them here, you're like, oh wow, have, this is like, dude, we have more festivals in this city than anybody. Yeah, we're the festival city. It's crazy, and it mm-hmm. doesn't matter if it's spring, whether it's winter, if we ever get a winter this year like it's yeah. but like folk fest for example now yeah. fans listen to the show and if you're tuning in for hockey this thing's taking the left hand turn no, we told well on the previous show we told you it's gonna be hockey some business and then just wherever your mind goes now, me and yelling at you fucking for, folk fest yeah it, it can go anywhere <laughs> here so. we go fucking folk fest <laughs> it's so busy yeah. but it's not for tourists like with that fucking lay the tarpo bullshit you got to do every morning. Yeah. Right? And then like if you did like a survey of folk fest people who actually came to Edmonton to go to folk fest, it is a shockingly Edmontonians for Edmontonian party. Yeah, yeah I can see that. And with the tarps, cause you got to get there early and like lay a tarp out. I don't know. Jay does this. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> Young Dolph concerts. We're just keeping our head up. We don't get clipped. Okay. <laughs> now we're laying down tarps. I'll tell you that much. But Imagine Folk Fest twice the size and half the people there. So right now it's 30,000 people for a weekend. Imagine it was 60,000 and imagine all the hotels sold out. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't see hotels say during Folk Fest, there's this huge bump in vacancy. No, no, 100%. Even if there was a bump, these people aren't going to hotels. They're sleeping on couches. Well, they're old now. They're Futons. rich. They well, might have been in the first when they yeah, first started showing yeah. up. A lot of these That's people, fair, yeah. they're accountants. I look at the people I know that were going and yeah. they were all, you know, the, the hippies of, you know, 2010. But they're think all, of when you know people who go to Folk Fest, there's never anybody going. coming to town to go with them. Like everybody I know that goes to Folk Fest, it's all Edmontonians that I know yeah. that are at Folk You're Fest. displaced Edmontonians coming back. If you go to different music festivals, like Airways, for example, 10% of the people are from Iceland. Yeah. They're going to the things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But travel over there is way easier and way better. <laughs> Same as Coachella. Coachella is not people from Coachella Valley. No. No. Half of this city goes. To half Coachella? Of goes to Coachella. That <laughs> oh, was ridiculous. <laughs> Can I be part of that half? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Trust me. As a, as a guy who runs a bar and the kind of narrow amount of people that come in we feel it <laughs> you what can tell mean? oh yeah oh really oh yeah coachella's on the desert right yeah, all yeah. Dress up and- so you know so you know when it's coachella oh yeah i got staff taking time off we got regulars not coming in there's wow yeah, yeah. have you ever been to coachella god no 
I would go. Why God no? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I think it'd be a cool experience. I'd love to go. Oh, I would day. love to. My aunt used to go all the time. They would always go down there. Like, you know how they get down there, right? Like people bring enormous sets and get ups and crazy fucking. Yeah. Oh yeah. UFO. No, I see all the Instagram shit and whatnot. You don't want to see that for yourself with your own eyes. Oh yeah. I'm not against it. I watch the live streams. I watch Brockhampton on live stream. That's cool. And I cried. You cried. Oh, I love Brockhampton. Brockhampton. <laughs> no idea who's Brockhampton. They were a group. Oh, they, of, yeah. There's, there's, a, well, there's 15, I believe, total. Whoa! But there's, there's seven artists, and then the rest are like producers, the, the, the media team, stuff like that. Oh shit! But they're it's like a collective. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So they, Wu-Tang. they actually met off of a a Kanye West forum, and the the main guy just put in the forum. He was like, "Hey, does anyone want to start a band?" And all these people messaged them. That's cool. And so they all got a like a house in in Texas and they all started making music and then got a like a VH1 documentary show followed them too. And then they came out with this this trilogy called Saturation. So Saturation 1, 2 and 3. And that was what really kind of boosted them into the music space and and like the, the kind of mainstream of the indie type of music so they they kind of range from rap to like melodic type music because there's so many of them so you kind of that's cool up. oh yeah it's it's fantastic and so now they're they're broken up right now they they're all kind of doing their own thing and, and that but yeah so they had a nice little i think seven year ride and then they like moved to los angeles uh, they're just setting that. up they're just setting up the reunion tour that's yeah. all oh yeah and no, i'll, I'll be 100 percent. see there. this a mile away their last album they so they're they announced that they were breaking up and they were having their final album coming out and it was coming out at 10 AM. And so the last album came out, but what they said was what actually happened was it was their last album on the label. And they actually had one more real album. That was actually their last one that was going to release 12 hours later. And then, so I, I cried to both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. If you were going to go to any concert anywhere, Rick, where would you want to, to see? I'd any, like to go to Rolling Loud. That'd be yes. Where is that? Rolling Loud's the rap festival where all rappers shoot each other backstage because they all get <laughs> everyone together and they all inevitably have beef with each other. Yeah. Have you not gone to this already? No, I've never been. No, 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 no. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there's one out there. I mean. Yeah, I've never been that much of a music guy that I've got. Like, like you go to Big Valley and all that, right? No, I never been. That's never good. been to Big Valley. That's Bro, probably I work for the best. Yeah, I would assume your best friends the Trickstar guys sooner or later. One guy, yeah, yeah, Morgan Wallen or something. <laughs> I mean, there's probably been opportunities and stuff, but I keep my time off for you know Oiler games and trips to Mexico and Fair. yeah, I kind of uh, pick and choose my time off. Fair. Fair. What would you? Is there anywhere you'd like to see? I would like to do Camp Vlogna. That's what the hell is that? That's Tyler the Creator's one. Oh yeah, collective. Yes, yeah. You know what the craziest scene I've ever seen from like an outdoor festival is that DMX video. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. When like yeah. the entire when world, the yeah. When the entire world's on the stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like first of all, being something like where's Waldo? You're weighing into the middle of that thing would be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, That's not, not. No, no. I don't think I want to. I wouldn't there. want to do that shit. I wouldn't oh, want to be in no. a giant outdoor. No. Yeah. But listen, if I could be somewhere on, you know, like like a little panel of the stage. Yes. Yeah. So I can like see stuff, and that would be absolutely phenomenal. The 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 whole atmosphere of that would be 
bonker. They would be crazy. I mean, there's a billion people there, man. Yeah. You've seen the video. Oh, it's yeah. fucking nuts. When, uh, again, another Mexico story, but I was, friends of mine were in a, are in a band in Mexico. Who are they? Uh, the Mud Howlers. Oh, yes. Well, unfortunately, cool. they haven't made now in a while. There's been some drama. But oh. Neither here nor there. But so some, some friends of mine, they got a band together and they, while I was down there a lot, I watched them go through the process of recording three full albums. Right. From the first one was they were fully independent. To the third one they recorded in Arizona with three Latin Grammy award winning producers working oh. on their album. So they got legit. Yeah. And um, everybody speaks English. And so if you're a Mexican band that speaks English, you can tour internationally. Ain't nobody want to hear no Spanish, unfortunately, <laughs> but if you speak English, right. And so I went to like South by Southwest with them oh. and I was a roadie. Yeah. Right? So I had a jean jacket vest, still have it, pretty gangster. <laughs> and I get to go on stage and help them set their equipment up. And they trusted me. No one ever trusts me to do anything. And they're like, sure, guy, we don't know. You can do that. <laughs> I lived in their house with them while they were recording. They had a recording studio. In the house. It was fucking dope. So cool. But I got one time to go to a festival that was like outside of Mexico City and they were performing in it and Snoop Dogg performed in it. Oh, and I had a lanyard that made me a backstage guy. Yeah, yeah. And so we, the Mud Howlers, we would perform at like, we, I'm in the band, but we'd perform at like 11 a.m. and three people were there. And by eight o'clock at night, it was full and yeah. we had backstage passes yeah. and it's fucking on, right? Yeah. So they're like backstage doing Mexican shit and I'm off on my own. And <laughs> I did what you described. I went to like the corner of a very busy stage. Yeah, just trying to stay out of the way. Exactly. I, I want to eat this up. Two monitors. So the noise was going that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I stood there and watched five bands I'd never fucking heard of in my life perform, but I was close enough to be able to see the crowd to see what it would feel like to be on stage. Cool. You can see why musicians have such a strange life and have a hard time with like drugs and alcohol and shit. Cause the bulk of your time is just spent waiting. Right. Almost like an athlete and anxiety you're, is you're wait, fucking through the roof. And you got to go out and you got to, and there's not 23 people on the team. There's four yeah. and everyone's yelling and it's crazy for like 45 minutes and then it's over. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's you were, were either on and it went or you were off and it didn't go. And there's no middle ground. That's, that's drugs. Right. Yeah. You wait, there's a bang for an hour and it kind of goes away and you're like, you want that back again? Yeah. So then seeing what the vantage point would be like, like I would see these bands come out and, and a lot of them were Latino X bands. Like I'd never heard of them before. Mm-hmm. And they were singing and I, but the crowd knew all the songs. Mm-hmm. These guys get out there and they start singing and the crowd starts singing back. You can see how that would be such an addictive feeling yeah. as a musician that you like got through to all these people. So like the DMX one, yeah, man, where like a quarter million people are yeah. rapping along to it's hot and hell is hotter. Yeah. Where the hell it was like, there and there's like there's that one story that Jay Z has and he's like he was touring or doing a show with with DMX first and, and yeah and DMX was out there and did his thing first and they're like, like hey, you're up. Fair, remember yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're up and he's like fuck are you for what, yeah what the fuck do I, I do now that. I'm gonna go out and do hard knock life after they just dropped Rough Rider anthem like yeah. he's like he ended Sweet. with a prayer people were crying yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> prayer, like crying and, he, and it's a hard knock life <laughs> he's like what the fuck am I and this is jay-z saying that man <laughs> right like this is dude you're the top of the mountain yeah those big festivals though i don't mm, that ain't it i like the smaller like no you want to do one or two for the uh experience of being there because i want i also want to be in the middle of the crowd somewhere which i don't want to be i want to be able to just place and then picked up and removed yeah. i want to be in there because i want to feel that and i want to be where all the music's pointed so you know it's like 
because it's all supposed to hit in like one area, right? And just yeah. I want to be in that center spot with everybody around me because there's something to be said about that. But then I just want to be plucked out and taken away. But like for you now, because you've been in charge for so long, yeah. you're like, I'll go to that, but I need a security team of five. Yeah. I need that lady there with this. I need to be ready with that. Yeah. Like, and you give can't me just, space. Yeah, you can't just yeah. roll solo. You got to have a team. You know what? One of my favorite ones was is Sonic Boom. I always liked Sonic Boom that they did here. In was that at Nate? They would do that? No, they would that do was it. Oak Fest. Yeah, that's Oak Fest. Yeah. Still going? Probably. Yeah, yeah. It was like there was their um, welcome back thing or whatever. Yeah, it is. They are. I bet so you they still that. have the headstones there too. They play every year. <laughs> do they? No, almost. Um, but no, it's it's done at Borden Park or it was done at Borden Park just by uh, uh, Rexall. But I do want to change my answer uh, from earlier. I I think my dream festival music festival would probably be live aid oh you want to go back in time <laughs> damn i didn't know that was an option back to <laughs> back to the ones or i remember like watching uh, who was it who did the is it the foo fighters who do danny california no it's the red hot chili peppers red hot chili peppers yeah i remember watching them and i'm like this is so cool <laughs> yeah, it's like and it went on for like three days and it was on tv for i guess it's live aid so it wasn't live aid for like aids they did a bunch of different live aids I yeah because there was the one with like queen performed at it. yeah yeah right. no i wouldn't do that one that's a little too <laughs> come on grow up yeah <laughs> i'd like to go to the prince's trust and see Elton <laughs> john perform thank you very much what is the best concert you've been to brett the best concert Ooh, i might have a bit of recency bias but the one that i just came back from when i was in la his name's toby lou it was a really good show it was at the fonda in la so like right off um cool. hollywood boulevard it's it's an intimate show the warm-up that he had was fantastic reminded me of brockhampton too um and then he started the show and he came through the crowd and like walked past like cool. we, we were dancing together he high-fived us and everything like it was and all the songs were really good he was really personable with the, the crowd and again it was a very intimate crowd like it was just like this floor in in this little theater it was really cool so i think the best experience would probably be that uh, but 21 Pilots, weirdly enough, does a really good show, a really good show. And I've seen them twice now and they both like an arena sto- arena show or one was an arena. The other was at Sonic Boom. And like the drummer gets into one of those gerbil balls and just runs around or, or the, the singer does it and like runs on top. Oh, I'm like, how crowd. does he keep drumming? Oh, yeah. the, well, and the drums will be done for the next three songs. Yeah, the drums. Actually, he does do a set on top of like a song on top of the crowd so they like put they have like plywood they have his drum set that you hold it up and he comes out and does so like risky yeah no oh, shit yeah like oh, he's, yeah. he's sitting on a, on plywood too yeah he's sitting on on this uh, at, like, you gotta trust sonic boom set. you gotta trust yeah. nate kids yeah okay yeah no yeah. is your guys tiktok open all right one two three move yeah <laughs> yeah but he would like and then at the start of the show he also so the the lead singer he appears on the the stage and he does the first half of the song and then by the end of the song the lights turn off and then turn back on he's in the crowd like at the far end of the how does that, that happen that's I some don't undertaker know. shit i yeah, like it i think i think what happens is he has a double on the stage 
and then the lights turn off. And then the thing is that they wear masks sometimes for, for certain songs. So he, they're wearing the masks for the first song. And then at the end of it, he takes his mask off and it's him. Mm. And when he's on the far side, like in a different part of the arena and you're like, Oh, that's, that's cool. Shit. Yeah. It's, it was really cool. So those two probably your favorite concert. <laughs> I haven't been to a ton, but I think one of my favorite, just because I think I knew most of the music, was Garth Brooks there whenever he was outside. Oh, the Nine Night Banner performance? No, 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 oh. no, no. I didn't make it one of those, but the outdoor one at the uh, at Commonwealth. Oh. Maybe last year, I think. That's, okay. a, that's a sellout. But we also went to... Uh, we caught the first Drake concert in in Rogers as well. Ooh, I was there for that. That was a good one. That yeah, yeah, that was that was all right. My sister gave me tickets, and I was like, I don't want to see the new arena till the Oilers game. Mm. She's like, Well, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but you have tickets to Drake, dummy. So you either go in or you be a weirdo. So I put my hood over my head and didn't see anything, and Maynard like take me to the seats. <laughs> so I didn't see Ford Hall. I no didn't see way. the concourse. I'm like, keep my head down. I could see them flooring, but I'm like, no, 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 no. That was not the way. And then Drake came out and it was like the first three songs. I couldn't even process it, what he was doing because I was taken in the arena. Yeah, wow. no, they, we, uh, I guess whoever was running the arena at the time, I don't know if it's the same person or not, but she came out and she offered us, uh, just offered us a spot in a box. So what a bunch of, yeah, so a bunch of industry people were in. Sick. And you actually had the, the feathers were right next to us. Like oh, I remember, nice. I, yeah, I forget who was in there, but they were like, yeah, right next to us. Like, hey. So yeah, it's fun. Best concert I ever saw. There's two. It's Ty. One was at South by Southwest with the Mud Howlers. I saw a special performance for Samsung customers only <laughs> of Jay-Z and Kanye performing Watch the Throne. Whoa. Yeah, man. That's the best thing a Samsung user's Tickets ever Tickets weren't for sale. I wasn't a Samsung user. Wow. Trickery, but it was maybe a thousand people to show and they were on cubes. So if you can imagine, this is an audio only podcast, but one cube would go up. And Kanye would come out of it and rap. Yeah. And then the cube would go down and Jay-Z would come up and do his verse and cool. then his verse and then his verse. But then there was always fucking green lasers. It's got to be green lasers. Oh my yeah. God. It was the laseriest thing I'd ever seen in my life. So you're just watching Jay-Z and Kanye come out of these cubes with all these fucking lasers shooting everywhere with your closest Samsung friends. <laughs> it was like a 30 minute set. That's dope. And then they said, oh, Jay-Z left on a plane already and Kanye left in a different plane. They came in because that was when Samsung and him did um, Magna Carta Holy Grail. Remember that album yeah. he had? Yeah. It was like brought to you by Samsung or some shit. Really? So as part of that, he had to make an appearance at South by Southwest, but it was unbelievable. Cool. Second best concert I ever went to. I was in Amsterdam and I was there with some people or something. And then they left and I had like one more day until my flight. And so I went out and I was looking at Amsterdam shit and I came back to my hotel and I got out of my cab. And if you can imagine like a darkly lit Amsterdam street, the super narrow. And I look up and there's a photo paint, like a, a poster painted on the wall, this old ass building, Rick Ross yeah. is in Amsterdam what? the next night. And I was like, I don't care if I get high. I don't care if a Dutchman stabs me. I'm going to Rick Ross in Amsterdam by myself. I'm moving my flight. Yeah, yeah, it was the, the most. Flight. I'm like, I'm taking a Dutch taxi. I don't care if it costs me 12 million flig flams. I just need you to get me here. I don't care what end of town it's in. I don't care. Just get and me there. It was unbelievable that would have been, been full-size rick ross mm -hmm. oh, it was it was and he was on and he was trying i don't know how long he'd been in amsterdam <laughs> he was in a great mood <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was going wild but again it was maybe 500 people wow i respect like you're saying 21 pilots can do a really good arena tour a really big it is yeah. so hard 
to like fill the space that big with energy and music as a musician. Yeah. That I think it's like somebody who's really good in front of 500 people might suck in front of 20,000 yeah. people. Don't you think it'd be hard to, to go from 20 down to 500? Oh yeah, for sure. Like 20, like there might be, it might be easier. You might be less nervous. Mm. Maybe a bit of that, but yeah. I, I kind of, yeah, I kind of like, I know. Really? I have to appreciate the fact that there's got to be some nerves, but at the same time, I, I just assume that they're like a show is a show is a show is a show. And like, whether it's one person or if they, you're just doing your thing, like kind of that, stuff. but I get why I get why there's a thing, but with the 20,000, there's like that mob mentality where you just need like a little group to start going crazy and it's going to spread to everybody. Whereas you do the 500 now, you know, like they hear everything, anything, any pitch mistake, any tone. Yeah. It's almost like there's the, you can see the, where there's 20,000 people. It's just a blur. When yeah. there's 500, you can see that dude. I can see your mustache. I can see that guy. He's got the he's got the Cassian chops. Like you can see more at that point. And now you're like, I can actually see all 500 people. There's 500 people there. There's 20,000 people here. There's whatever. There's a fuck ton of people. It's just it is what it is. Yeah. This is kind of the interesting shit about being around musicians and stuff for the period of time in my life is like I was asking them a lot of like questions about stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's this one band called Ray Pila. It's R-E-Y-P-I-L-A. Mm-hmm. They're cool dudes. They got mustaches and tattoos and shit. <laughs> and I met them. I'm like, oh shit. It's <laughs> about to go down. And then the mud house are like, this is our roadie. He's from Canada. And then they just don't know what the fuck make of me. And then we kick it. But I remember <laughs> talking to these guys Ray Pila and they were like old they weren't old but they were like OGs of the game they yeah. did nothing but tour they had no other jobs all the musicians that were like in the come up they also had normal jobs and shit and they were trying to make it right and anyways, I was talking to these dudes and I was like do you guys ever get nervous and they all started laughing they're like the central thing of our band is how nervous we are all the time I'm like, that's fucked up. You would think that like, as you did it for so long that you would kind of lose those nerves. Especially when it becomes like the joke. Like you'd be trying to laugh at it was they were saying when they first started out, they weren't nervous. It wasn't until they got bigger that they got more nervous because they were like, oh shit, it's kind of easy to be the first opening act on the ticket. When you're the headliner though, and people have like paid their money to see you, they're like, that's what we were like. Oh shit. And then they said that they started playing huge shows and it really freaked them out because it's one thing to be in a small venue, but they're like, if you're at an outdoor music festival, there's 50,000 people there. I wonder how long it takes for that to go away. If ever it goes away in a show, like, yeah, we get out there. You're like yeah. in the dressing room, you're getting right in the green room. Are you getting ready? Yeah. Through the fucking roof. Yeah. But once, you know, like the whole wrestling step through the curtain thing, does that not just wash away and you kind of right. like take over your character? Again, this is why they do a lot of drugs and alcohol, right? It's yeah. To blunt the nerves of it all. I, yeah. I think for a lot of them, they're still very nervous. Yeah. See, I would have assumed as soon as you like break into the crowd, there's that initial, holy shit. And then, you know, by the time you start playing like the fourth song or something. Yeah. Or, you know, even once you start playing, you almost forget what you're doing and your your natural instincts take over and you're just like you're not living, you're just playing the music. Have you now. seen the Robbie Williams documentary? No, I have not watched that yet. See it? Yeah. No, but it's we pretty were interesting. Yeah, about like it, he yeah. talked about his nervous breakdown that he yeah. had on stage. Yeah. And you see the concert footage, his eyes are so big, the poor That's guy crazy. as he went along the tension mounted for him. Yeah, that's crazy. It got harder for him as he went along too. It all depends, right? I think the the optimal musician you want to be is somebody who's like, oh shit, I'm selling my craft. It don't matter if there's one person here or 50,000. I don't see any of those people, but like for every one person like that, who's like a musical savant, there's thousands of people in bands who are like, 
trying to like pay my bills and like, you know, <laughs> make a living and like do. Yeah. I guess you, you do tend to th- assume that all the artists or musicians or whatever are the top of the top. And you forget that there's, you know, that's the point zero 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 one percent of all musicians. And the majority of them are, you know, poverty and welfare and living in their parents' basement while they try and do this thing. And, you know, and even the bands that like are mid grade commercial bands that have record deals and shit, they predominantly owe their label a ton of money. Like payday loans are some of the worst loans you can ever take out mm-hmm. An advance from a major record label would be on the same level. Yeah. Because they'll give you a million bucks. You're going to have to recoup it. Yeah. Which means the first million off the top of your revenue from touring, music, yeah. all that kind of shit. It's going, it's going back to the label and the interest is ticking. So a lot of bands will make one or two albums and then they're in the hole at the end of it. Mm. And that's why they don't have good subsequent, like you have a one hit wonder who goes out, tours the world off one hit, comes home in the hole, $3 million to the record label. And they're like, fuck that. I'm not trying anymore. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I guess there's, there's always the underside of that industry that you don't really know about. Mm. Just like athletes, right? Yeah. Like you, we see the best of the best all the time with yeah. you others all the time. But like, how many people do you know that were very skilled and due to luck, due to an injury, due to a coach that wasn't there for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, watching this team, as long as we have, there's a, we have a, 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 a wide library full of names. Yeah. You know who had the best stage presence or at least one who was not scared of the stage. David Koresh from Branch Davidians. Yes. Yeah. It's about time somebody brought him yeah. up. Yeah. Familiar with the Branch Davidians? Absolutely not. Fantastic oh, call. Yeah. Top five calls. Oh, absolutely. He's a hundred. <laughs> like best one of the top leaders that you've ever yes. seen. Just just really knows how to bring people together. It ended in a firefight with the feds, didn't it? Yeah. 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 It it's started with one too, but the ATF, like, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. not full. ATF, FBI. Yeah. When they show up. At the compound of the cult. Yeah. It's yeah. So it's Mount Thursday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been watching that show. They have a, a show with uh, Taylor Kitsch, uh, who plays David Koresh on it. And my girlfriend and I've been watching it. And I, I just came to me because there's at one point where they, the ATF and the FBI, like cut power to the, the compound. And they have never a good sign. (laughs) No, no, no. If you're in a cult or leading a cult and you're like, is this going well? And the power goes out. Yeah, no, it's just about to turn. He'd be like, ah, we got them right where we want them. Me and my top 30 wives are going to the panic room. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Leave the children. (laughs) 31 through 40, you're on your own. (laughs) They had like a mobile power or whatever that the old generator. Yeah, generator. Yeah. yeah. And so they got it and they only had power for about 10 minutes. And he goes, I know what I want to do. And they go in to the top of the, the, the compound and there's just this one lone window that re- looks out at towards where the ATF and the FBI are stationed and he's just rocking out to music. Shut oh, up. He's yeah. playing music? Yeah, he's playing and it's I looked it up. It actually happened. With the 10 minutes that they had, they put in like the, a drummer, a bassist, a keyboard. They, they had a fantastic keyboard player. Unbelievable. Going well. He's just <laughs> rocking out like he's Jimi Hendrix right at the end just I believe was he singing his own music I believe so you yeah can't do a cover oh, with that yeah. instance you gotta go out on top you yeah. have to man that's, yeah, that's your that's your time to shine yeah it was fantastic there's nothing better than a cult leader in the last 20 minutes of his reign is there they're always <laughs> <No>. just <laughs> you took it too far didn't you that's, what we, waited, that's yeah. what we waited for yeah, yeah. yeah. well yeah. shit well gang that's a good chat oh yeah I like this one <laughs>
All right. That's all right. What time is it? We have gone for an hour and a half. <laughs> is anyone going to listen to it? Oh, That's for out. the courts to decide. <laughs> Truck yeah, Tim McGraw, baby. See you next one. Download episodes of Wanye's World at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. This episode of Wanye's World is brought to you by Oodle Noodle. We got locations all around Edmonton. We got a location in Airdrie. We got one location in Calgary and one more coming, Beacon Heights. Oodle Noodle.ca, deliciousness.